Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Cut the music. It's a Friday. Friday. What is the date? Uh, it is March. It's March twentieth. It's the first day of spring. Come on, man. Is that what it is? Legitimately, yeah. straight up. Straight well, up. The first I, day of spring. Yeah. Straight up. First day of spring. You don't I'm care. You're sure what, what do you care if it's the first day of spring? It's been it doesn't nice even spring. matter. Okay. It doesn't There's even matter. No orange leaves. There's no orange leaves down here. None of that stuff for us to worry about. I do know that uh, the uh, NCAA tournament has begun, so the uh, March Madness is in full swing. We started that off yesterday. A number of uh, crazy things went on yesterday, and we will uh, address that. Uh, We're going to talk some college football here on the show, too. Uh, Who faces the toughest task of repeating their 2014 success? There were a couple of surprises in college football, as there are every year. We'll also ask... Does the game need to slow down? Does it really need to slow down? Did Brett Bielema and Nick Saban have a point? We will attempt to address that issue uh, in this show today. We'll also talk some NFL free agency. Greg Hardy is a cowboy. Some people have something to say about it. Uh, you know, my co-host, Amo Calamino, will also be rebutting some of the negativity that's out there. Chris Borland is another 49er retiring uh, what to make of that, and then if we've got time, we'll get into some of the mock drafts that are out there. Man, when is the draft? Did they push it into August? When uh, yeah, no, nah, this year I think it's April 30th. They're, they're getting, they're trying. Last year, didn't they have it the first week of May? I'm trying to remember. I think we're gonna draft guys eventually, and they're just gonna run out there and jump into a football game. I don't understand much. why that happened. Well, right, you know why it happened. All of that. You might not agree with yeah, it. Well, you know yeah, why it happened. Yeah. I know. I just can we stop at May 30th or the last part of May and not go any further back? That would be nice. But before we get into all of that stuff, I just laid out there for you, Stephen A. Smith, uh, no stranger to controversy, so controversial that he was suspended by ESPN. Uh, I believe last year, not too long ago, has uh, come out and has made a statement that has caught the eye of many people, especially on social media. And uh, he said the following. He wished that um, all African Americans would vote Republican in one election. Now, as things like this work, you know, a lot of people would just see that headline because this is how we are, by and large, in this country. And we wouldn't even read the story that goes along with that headline. So they'll just take the headline and run with it and say something like, okay, well, here's a black guy making money, and suddenly now he's going to flip to the dark side. He's now going to you know, <laughs> uh, jump on the enemy side. They're not even going to read to why he made that statement. And he makes uh, a very, very good point, Emil, in, in making that statement. And again, to quote him, what I dream is that for one election, every black person in America vote Republican. And the reason now, for those of you who didn't read it, you know, I'm going to tell you now why he says that. He says that uh, the fact that the majority of black Americans, 93 percent, 
uh, in the last presidential election, voted Democrat. Um, the reason why they might want to do this is that the Democratic side knows that we're going to get the black vote. So we don't necessarily need to do anything in particular to get their vote. We know uh, we're just grandfathered into that situation, so we're going to get that vote. So is there any really pressing need by the Democratic Party to do anything really special or uplifting or earth-shattering for black Americans when we know we're going to get your vote anyway? Uh, And so for the Republican side, when you look at the numbers and say that the 93% of African Americans are going to go vote Democrat anyway. We don't really need to do anything for you either. We're not going to get your vote, so we don't have to care about you. We can continue being what it is you perceive us to be, which is uh, for many black Americans feel the Republican side is racist and not sympathetic at all to the black plight in the country. And we don't need to start doing that because it doesn't matter what we do. You guys are going to vote Democrat anyway. Have I summed that up pretty good? Is that you, you pretty much what? summed it up. And now someone tuning in right now is saying, wait a second, I just turned in, tuned into a football show. And these two guys are talking about Democrat and Republican politics. Ah, but we're going to tie yeah, it we just, to football we for We just you. want to demonstrate here on the uh, Gridiron Studs show that we're just not uh, the shallow type that will, you know, all we know is sports here. We are well-rounded individuals, uh, both Amal and I. And, um, you know, one of the beauties is that my co-host here is very skilled at uh, drawing, thing, drawing a full circle. So take this full circle and bring it back for our hardcore sports fans that okay. are listening right now. I'm going to take one of your, you know, this is how I see this, and this is how I'd like to tie it back to what we all love here, and that's football. Specifically, in this case, the NFL. Stephen A. Smith is basically saying at the end of the day, hey, you know what? You look at politics, as Chad just said, when you have something, it's a guarantee for you on one side, which in this case we're talking about the Democrat Party getting the black vote. They have no incentive to really stick their neck out politically and spend political capital to help the blacks because they're going to get their vote anyway. Deep down inside, Mm -hmm. they know that because they say to themselves, they're not going to vote Republican. And the Republicans, Mm -hmm. as Chad just said, Look at it the same way and say, you know what, we're not going to get their vote anyway, so why should we stick our neck out? Mm-hmm. Same thing happens right now, today, in what you people love and we love, the NFL. We've said mm-hmm. this for a while now, and you just watch what's happening. The NFL has basically assumed that the people like us, people listening to the show, the people doing this show, are watching their league regardless. They don't care what they do to us. doesn't matter. We're watching so as as we refer to it on the show, they've gone out and they've seek you know they've sought out the TMZ crowd. They mm-hmm. want to turn their league into something other than what we're used to because they know we're going to watch anyway. At some point, right. I would like to have a day where we say maybe an opening weekend of the NFL, we get enough people, and I don't know if we have the discipline to do this, but we get enough mm-hmm. people to just say we're not watching today. I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it, we're not going to skip a whole season, but. Maybe we just show them, you know, we're not showing up and we're not watching for your opening day. Well, uh, okay, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I know, and I, I definitely agree with you that something along, the NFL fans need to make some sort of a statement. However, for something like that to be accomplished, you need to make it public. It needs to go viral. And amongst those people that get word of this would be the NFL who would say, okay, we may indeed take a one-day hit here. 
But according to what I'm reading and seeing and according to this whole movement, it looks like it's going to be a one-day thing. So let's see if this can stretch itself beyond this one day. Well, you're, you're right. And the one day, you know, here's where I'm going with this. People are saying, well, you know, what are you, what are you pissed off about today? Well, here's what I'm pissed off about. I'm aware of concussions, and, and I'm not making light of concussions, but let's start with them. We have, a, you know, we'll talk about this in a later segment. We have a young guy who just decided he was going to quit. Fine, that's his choice. But, you know, the whole notion that every person that plays football is going to end up dribbling on themselves in a corner, which is kind of the way the media twists this story, is just, it's not accurate. Matter of fact, the Pittsburgh Steelers team doctor, who's a neuro guy, basically mm-hmm. said, you know, listen, there's not that many cases compared to how many people played football, confirmed cases of this CTE they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Concussions, mm-hmm. like anything else in life, affect people differently. You know, mm-hmm. you you know, you know, may eat pizza or I may eat pizza, and we're not prone to cardiovascular disease, and we're fine. You know, we exercise. You know, we don't eat it every night. Another guy smokes a couple packs a day, doesn't exercise. He eats pizza, man. He's creating a blockage in there. Because, mm, you know, it's, right. everybody's different. Uh, Steve Young sounds very coherent to me. The guy probably had 20 concussions. Troy Aikman, same thing. Other people, not so much. My only point is the media takes this, and this is where the NFL has capitulated because they've, they've trying to draw, they're trying to draw on this new crowd. And all of a sudden, you know, every story is about concussions. Should your child play football? And with that deep voice, is it all right yeah. to play football? <laughs> Uh, there is a feeding frenzy on concussions. Uh, my cousin is a, an emergency room doctor in Tampa, and we had this discussion a couple of days ago. And uh, he did make a very interesting point. Yeah, I understand that there are some uh, that they've done some studies on the brain of um, NFL uh, players and also former NFL players, and so on and so forth. And they've collected some data on uh, CTE, is called. Mm-hmm. And um, he says, okay. But you can't make a conclusion on the effects of that until you have a control group, which means you've tested the brains of common, ordinary, everyday Americans to find out at what percentage. Correct, 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 correct. Before you you go complaining and saying, yeah, that the NFL is causing this. You have no idea what the general case may be. I mean, uh, well, listen, let's then, suppose, how many guys wait, wait. played this game? We we started watching this game in the 70s, and you damn well know dudes were getting knocked out left and right. How about they started playing NFL football in, like, 1925? So how many guys have gone through the league? Okay, We're talking hundreds of thousands by now. And how many cases have there been? And like your cousin said, compared to the general population, how many cases have there been? Not just that, concussions, sure you don't want, you mean you don't want a kid running around concussed continuing to play in a game. But but I, I bet you kids get just, I bet you more kids get concussions skateboarding and biking in the United States than they do playing football. Hey man, I'm watching these kids on social media. There's a fight every day at school. You got kids getting knocked out left and right. Not only they get knocked out as you know, some of the punks do now. When a kid gets knocked out, they're kicking him in the head while he's asleep. I mean, try that on for size. That's as violent well, as uh, yeah, a Yeah, you know, I don't even want to digress, know. really. Where I'm going is not just the concussion aspect of it. People who listen to the show, they know what I'm ticked off about over time if they've listened and, and you too. It, it, it's yeah, just we're com- appealing to the to the wine and cheesers in the yes, National I'm Football just, I'm League. Yes, I'm just I'm, I'm tired of it. And they're having too much you know. of a say. 
I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, I don't, I'm not a Neanderthal. I, I want guys protected. I don't want guys dribbling on themselves when they're 50 years old. You know, I, I enjoy listening to these guys. If nothing else, it's self-serving because I, I like hearing some of the players that I loved comment on the game. So I want them to stay safe and healthy and have nice long lives like I want everybody to. But that said, I mean, let's stop it already. I mean, we act like hey, – to, mean, to this point, um, you know of people getting Parkinson's disease, right? Sure. Um, and they're common, ordinary, everyday Americans. Every day. Uh, they they, 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 the they weren't boxing. They, were they weren't working. playing football. No, they were, some of them were working. In Why office. are we so ready to say that Muhammad Ali got Parkinson's disease because he boxed? I mean, the iron worker. Michael in, J. Fox in, got it, too. And both of them had early onset Parkinson's. So what did Michael J. I mean, Michael J. Fox got it in his you know early 40s, late 30s. So did Muhammad Ali. So, Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Michael J. Fox was boxing anybody. No, not that I know of. I doubt he took uh, a couple of you know any any punches from anyone as harmless you know as why? could be. It's so. an easy explanation. Listen, I've it, always it is, said, isn't it? it? Got hit in the head. He's shaking right. now. Parkinson's did this. Joe Frazier no. did it. Very easy. Very easy. We we as humans we like things. You know, we all do some to some extent. We like them simple, in a compartment. We've talked about that. You know, if I can explain everything simply, as. Uh, you know whether it's race. You know, white guy like this, black guy like this. <laughs> that, that's that's yeah, how. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, why don't any of these boxers? Uh, why aren't there? Why, why aren't there a large amount of cases for CTE? I mean, who gets hit head in the head more than boxers? Who gets concussions more than boxers? I mean, where's the CTE uh, for Sugar Ray Leonard, for Roberto Duran, for you know all these other guys that were warriors that went at it back in the day? Listen, we could uh, sit boxing. here and make example skiers they they fall down they have violent violent crashes ufc i don't know if i've seen anything more violent in my lifetime as far as a controlled sport where where you just go into a ring and try yeah, to destroy your yeah but we're not far opponent. enough along yet in that sport to to get any of the effects but getting back to your original point we are uh, we are appealing to the bravo channel we are appealing to the wine and cheesers and they are having an extreme effect on the game and I definitely agree with you on that. I don't know. I don't think we can – we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, though, Emil. So what do we do about this invasion of the tree huggers in the game of football? Well, we have a choice. I mean, at a certain point, you know, when it crosses that line that – give you an example. We're going to talk a little bit about the tournament coming up for a few minutes. <clears throat> I don't care. I'll indulge you because you've been watching it more than me. I used to care. I used to care a lot. But mm-hmm. where, where I've gotten to the point is it was slow. Like over time, I became less and less engaged in college basketball because they continued to change the sport. And then finally mm-hmm. it got to the point of I don't know the players on the teams because the best players play a year and they leave. Even in the day when Magic and Isaiah Thomas left early, they played two or three years. You got to know guys. So right you know, now the NBA is destroying the college basketball game. Well, I've, I've felt that. I've always felt the rule should be this, very simple. You can go straight from high school to the NBA, but if you go to college, just like baseball has the rule, you must stay three years. In baseball, you can go to the minor leagues, but once you go to a university, you're ineligible for the baseball draft for three years. So you're not that, – that, therefore, you're, you're letting somebody make a decision. You're saying, sure, you want to go play right out of high school, go ahead. But what they've done is they've bastardized it, and they've given me – well, you can go What's to this the point training. of the one year. What is I don't the whole get, point of that? I don't get it. 
Okay, go there sit in a science no class uh, for a year. Make sure you get a C so you can play basketball, and then uh, we'll let you go to the NBA and get your check. I mean, well, I don't understand it. Nothing so, at all. And then, you know, what, what's that guy investing into uh, his education for that one year anyway? Anything nothing, because after, <laughs> well, as soon as the season's over, they stop going to class and they start training for the NBA. And let me go back to your original point. You're saying, so what do we do about the NFL? What I'm saying is, it's it's a slow process. If the if if the game continues to get to the point where a guy like me just says, you know, yeah, do I know who's in first place? Sure. Am I tuned in like I used to be 20 years ago? No. That happens slowly. And 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 mm. you know the the NFL do, probably doesn't think it's ever going to happen, but it could. I mean, right. You know, NCAA basketball. For me, I mean, the tournament. Oh my! When I was in my 20s, this was huge. This year is the first year I've never filled. I did not fill out a bracket in a, you know, a paid pool. I went on ESPN and threw one in for free, but because I, I could click buttons. Well, you I know, what, let me let me stop you on that because we are going to talk about the NCAA tournament and all that went on, and you may want to include in this next segment why you did not fill out a bracket. I do have a reason uh, why I did not that I was big on it, but we'll talk about that and all that went down yesterday in the NCAA tournament when we return on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Seven season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, Put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.
1020 here on the Gridiron Stud Show, Friday, March 20th, Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino here with you. Uh, remember the time when we were like all into this? Look, we've known each other for quite some time. We were all into this, uh, into the NCAA tournament and the bracket and who was going to win and who was favored by what. Uh, for some reason, those things have gone by the the, the wayside and... I don't know. You may have your reasons for it. I'm still trying to put my finger on why I, I I care so much less than before. I'm not I'm not ready to say that it's well. You don't uh, identify first of all. You don't identify with anybody on on these teams. You don't know players. So you know unless unless you were following your school like Miami, you know because you, they were your school. You just you don't know the players generally speaking. So there's a human element that's missing from this thing, is what you're telling me. Right, and then you've got teams that have basically become AAU all-star teams like Kentucky. Well, I mean, I have a hard time in my, in my conscious mind picking against Kentucky this year because I know that they would have to throw out a complete stinker to not win this tournament. I mean, it would have to be really bad because I feel like even not following the sport like I used to, I know there's a huge separation in talent between Kentucky and the next two or three teams. So do um, I want to just well, go throw out not, a bra- say, uh, Listen, the, the human element – side of it the human story of it is missing because uh the players are you know one and done the really best ones but couldn't we form an attachment to the college basketball coaches could we not do that or that's, that's part not? of the problem with college basketball if you ask me the coaches are really why people tune in the game is overcoached number one number two it's got the longest shot clock in in organized basketball you can go to a high school girls game they play with a 30 second shot clock International plays with a 24, just like the NBA. These guys are playing with a 35-second shot clock. We had two games in college championships in what I would call mid-tier and above tournaments end up in the 40s. Okay? That's yeah, ridiculous. we did have two tournament games yesterday. Yes. Uh, Butler in Texas, 56-48. That's something you would see at a middle school uh, basketball yes. game. You did have Baylor in Georgia State, 56 57. We did have Arkansas on Wolford, which was Wolford, uh, 56 to 53. Utah um, beat Stephen F. Austin, 57-50. I mean, you go down the list. People don't want to listen unless you're a hardcore basketball junkie, and and there's nothing wrong with being that. People don't want to watch that crap. They play 40 minutes of basketball and they're scoring in the 50s. With, with I mean, come on, man, with the three-point line. Um, I get your point on that, but hey, Amo, we had what did we have three, four, one-point games yesterday. Cincinnati and Purdue 66-65. NC State LSU 66-65. I mean, we had we had games. We had buzzer beaters. We had a Georgia State and Baylor 57-56. We had I, a mysterious goaltend. Uh, okay, let, let me uh, throw this out for you as well. Maybe you can understand where I'm coming from here. With generally, again, I'm not a basketball junkie. I'm not criticizing anyone who is. But let me tell you as a sports fan why I'm not compelled with basketball to watch a whole game. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there watching baseball or football. Okay, football. Mm-hmm. Touchdown the third quarter. Team A takes the lead 17-14. Might be the last point of the game. Baseball. Mm-hmm. Johnny hits a three-run homer in the sixth inning, scores 3-2 now, might be the last runs of the game. Basketball, I get up and leave, the score is 18-16. I know when I come back in an hour and the score is 60-58, to I don't need to see those points in between. I'm going to get what I need at the end. 
Right. Okay. So it's a cake in the oven. You don't need to watch all 45 minutes. You just come back in the last. Well, that's five how I feel about it. I mean, I, obviously people disagree to some extent, and I understand that. But um, you know, the ratings are down for college basketball. There's a reason that these tournament games are now on True TV. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's there, number one. Okay, it's uh, like an open channel. Okay, it's an opal. Yeah, open like one. Yeah, like and the outdoor hey, network was open when they put hockey on it. Okay. Did you dare say to the hardcore basketball enthusiasts, you are the equivalent, and I would be in this group too. You are a wine and cheeser. You're a Bravo channel. You're not a hardcore basketball guy, so of course you don't care. When the score is twenty, and I'm not criticizing. Years. Listen, don't misunderstand me. I'm not criticizing someone who does care. I mean, I understand Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors for a reason. I'm not saying that oh, you know, you shouldn't watch it. What I'm saying is that's my reason, basically, why I don't care. There's nothing to draw me. There's no personal element because I don't know the players. If you walked up to me right now, and I'm not making this up for to make a point on air, and you said mm-hmm. to me, Emil, put down your smartphone. For one million dollars, you need to name three players on the University of Kentucky's undefeated team. I couldn't do it. And you know okay. how much I love sports. I couldn't do right. it. Right, but are you not being hypocritical um, when you say in the last segment that the NFL is trying too hard to appeal to its non-hardcore-based fans and then come over here in the next segment and say that college basketball is not doing the same. Why aren't they? Why why aren't they? Doing well, college basketball pushed their hard. My argument is the opposite. I'm saying they've pushed their hardcore fans. The guys like me who really were hardcore fans watched a ton of games. I wasn't just a tournament guy. I was a guy that I, I enjoyed watching college basketball. I followed it. I knew who was leading conferences. I mean, I mean, they pushed me away. I mean, to me, it's an overcoached sport. The, the, the coaches are coaching every possession. Um, there's no way you can tell me a guy with the type of talent that's out there today can play games routinely, as you just pointed out, scores from yesterday, routinely in the 50s mm-hmm. um, with a with shot clock and a 40-minute game and a three-point line if the game is not being overcoached. I mean, we saw higher scores when there was no three-point line, no shot clock in the 70s. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you, you, and you would, we could get into the logistics of why uh, well, that I, happens. But I, I don't even want to go know. there. I mean, what I'm saying I mean, is, I, I, I mean, I, is baseball not overcoached? I mean, a coach comes to the top of the damn stairs, he touches nose, his ear, his eyes, he rubs his two thighs, and then, uh, uh, you know, guys take two steps to their left. I well, mean, hey, listen, uh, and, and that's a valid point. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in today's game of baseball that pisses me off. I mean, when the catcher's got to look to the bench to call every pitch, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's overcoaching, too. But remember well, something else. Baseball is a game that naturally moves at a slower pace. People who like basketball tend to go for it because it's supposed to be nonstop action. Don't you remember the song where kids – now, any, I'm going to sing here for you, so anybody that's uh, in their 20s, you can cover yours. You remember, you're on the floor and you're ready to score. Let the game begin. That was the NBA opening song. The name of the game is Action. <laughs> Well, okay, I, you know, look, I understand that. That's the society that we live in now. We don't like soccer because no one, they, no one gets into double figures. Um, so I get it. I understand that. And we've got, you know, NFL games need to look like some of these basketball games or the scores that we called out or no one really wants to watch. So I don't know. I mean, um, 
I think well, we're football, being we're comparing kind of different animals, though. Football, a lot can happen. We like 20... 56 to 48 football games. Well, I don't, but, but I mean, some, most people, it enough. seems that that's where most people want football to go. But you can have a lot happen in a 17-10 football game between the 20s where it doesn't have to be all punts. I mean, guys move the ball, turnovers happen, there's stops, guys go for it on fourth down. In basketball, let's face it, if they're not scoring the basketball, um, it's usually because they're playing really bad basketball. <laughs> they're kicking it around. Uh, or, you know, they really slow the game down, a la Virginia and some of these other guys that don't right. want to get run right up off the basketball court. All right, but let's talk about the meat and potatoes of this. I don't know how much of the tournament that you watched. Uh, Kentucky didn't look like a complete monster yesterday in taking on Hampton. We could just surmise that. Uh, they couldn't get all geeked up for, the, you know, the Pirates, so they just did what they had to do, and it was a ho-hum, um, you know, 23-point win for the Wildcats, who everyone believes this is their tournament to lose. But uh, how did some people look yesterday that did have a chance? I mean, if you like scoring, Arizona was doing their thing. They're the two-seed out in the West, 93-72 versus Texas. Well, I think Southern. the committee looked silly yesterday because if you really look at how they seeded this thing and, and you know, what played out from what I can tell – I mean, by and large, they look really silly. I mean, they, had, they, they, they fell in love with the Big 12 for some reason. Mm-hmm. They had mm-hmm. many Big 12s up, uh, teams up on the three line and above. I mean, Iowa State was a three seed. They lost to UAB. Baylor was a That's three a seed. a disastrous day for the Big 12 and the Right. State they lost State. to Georgia State. Now, Oklahoma's a three seed. So, I mean, first of all, you know, as, again, not claiming to be an expert on college basketball, if anyone wants to call, please explain to me what was so great about the Big 12 this year that made these guys seed all their teams, it seems, in the top 20 teams in this tournament because they went down like a, you know, cement yesterday. You got two three seeds gone. They did, and it's kind of the way in which they, you know, they did go down. I, you know, I have to think the Big 12 was liked because they do play an exciting brand of basketball, and, you know, we've been led to believe in this day and age that uh, being able to score points in your particular sport means you're really, really great at it. But these guys... Um, got bounced out of there because um, they couldn't score when someone when they stood in the face of a good team. I mean, uh, Iowa State scored 59 points in their loss. You know, yesterday that that's that's not a good look. Baylor 56 points in their loss yesterday, and you know, so they had they had problems scoring the basketball. But I want to look at this. If all the talk is Kentucky, who yesterday looked like they might be able to stand up to these big guys? I mentioned. Arizona. I, I like you know, what Arizona's done from what I can see. Again, uh, I was impressed again, with Villanova. I yeah, I've, I'm Villanova. very impressed with Villanova. What I've seen of them, what little I've seen is I'm not sure they have the size necessarily um, to play Kentucky, but then again, but they do who a does? lot of other things quite well. They do a lot they of do. other things quite no, well. So Nova's you know tough in the tournament, and, it only takes one good night. And they're well coached. I mean, listen, you don't go 33 and 2 and not be a good team. Arizona's 32 and 3. There are two teams I look at and say, and the team that's going to play today um, that I look at to say I think that they could frustrate a Kentucky is Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin plays the type of game, and they're well coached. Bo Ryan, that to me, if anybody's going to really drive Kentucky nuts, you to death. Yeah, seriously, those guys—they're big. They're physical and they play deliberate. If you want to use yeah, a kind word, yeah, you know. Word. Here's my feeling on that because I've we've done the Wisconsin thing back when I really, really used to pay attention, and I, you know, I love defense. Wisconsin would always be that team that can mm-hmm. hold someone to 50 points. 
But, you know, when you're talking about someone like Kentucky, that's going to go on for a while. And in a minute, uh, it's like these heavy-run football teams that play good defense. The minute you hit a couple bombs on them and you get up 14 points, it's a whole totally different ball game. And I just have a feeling that's what would happen. Probably. I'm talking about Villanova being that team. The biggest problem for Villanova and all this is the only time they would face a Kentucky would be in that final game. And there's little chance you will catch Kentucky napping in that in that last game going for it all. So well, I'm not um, sure Villanova yeah. can catch a team napping because you know if, if a team's napping when your opponent's 33 and two coming in, then there's something wrong with that team. But yeah, I, I get your point. I mean, you know, I, just funny stories. You know, maybe you could pick. You, you know me well. Not watching a lot of this. A couple of weeks ago, I flip on a Wisconsin game, and admittedly, I don't watch much basketball. So it was really the first extended look I had at Wisconsin. I had to clear my eyes when I was watching the game because mm-hmm. I was thinking I was watching a game from the 60s. I'm watching Wisconsin up and down the court. There's all white guys look, running around, huh? Yeah, there's five white guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, hence, the, hence their style of play, though. Yeah, I can, you know, pull out my racist style here. Yeah, Why they're not running up and down the court, man, and, you know, you know. So you notice this too that I'm not line. the only guy who noticed this. I mean, oh like, yeah, Wisconsin basketball has a very Harvard Crimson Tide look to it. Yes, I. I, I it looked like an Oreo it, cookie. Not the, game I, the game I was watching, Chad, looked like an Oreo cookie. You know, the center was being fronted and back. <laughs> Thinking, man. Oh uh, yeah, I. You know, it's almost like they should all be out there in Converse uh, chucks. Uh, yeah, know, with the high so, shorts. Yeah, Remember yeah. the high shorts from the seventies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a very Pistol Pete Maravich look to it. Yes, I get that, and you know, um, um, yeah, who knows what Kentucky's going to look like in pregame watching that? But uh, nevertheless, I guess this is all about figuring out who has a chance. I like the way. Listen, Notre Dame only beat their fourteen seed opponent Northeastern by four points, but there was something I liked about the way Notre Dame played their game yesterday. That. Um, hey, if Kentucky comes in there half cocked, if if you know they end up against a Notre Dame, it could turn into something. I guess the only just, thing with Notre Dame is they score, score a lot. I mean, and I think if you're going to play Kentucky and you're going to play them uber fast, I'm not sure that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying you have to go four corners, but I think if you start playing a game where you want to play in this 80s, mm-hmm. that's probably you know a lot of possessions obviously favors Kentucky because the talent takes over. Right. Yeah, um, no, yeah, no, no doubt about you, you that. You know what I mean? It's just no different than football, right? The other team's got a better, better talent than you. You want to run the ball, control the clock. You want to do that anyway, but you really want to do it if you feel the other team has a potent offense. Well, I think that's kind of the way it works in basketball for me. I mean, I look at a team like, uh, you know, you know, Notre Dame. Do they have the horses if they play that game? I mean, Arizona has got some talent. I mean, they mm-hmm. they recruit. They're known for basketball, so I feel like if they're going to get into a shooting match, they may be more equipped to to play with Kentucky because they probably have more NBA players on their team. My guess is than Notre Dame, just just based on what I've known of Arizona basketball. I could be completely wrong there, but um, true. Well, yeah, real I, quick before you know we end this segment, uh, much of the story today because it's good for TV and it draws eyeballs, and you know we tend to love this kind of stuff. We'll be about the two fourteen seeds pulling the big upsets yesterday. But the truth of the matter is, is that the higher seed won the majority of those games, and the high seeds are still um, in very much a part of uh, the NCAA tournament right now. So don't get confused by the fact that uh, Georgia State and UAB pulled off major upsets um, yesterday. The truth of the matter is uh, your high seeds like Georgetown and Utah and Villanova and Arkansas and Arizona and Notre Dame and Butler – 
uh, did their job, went out and won their game in advance. And as we continue to go through these rounds, Emil, history says that those are the guys that will remain in the tournament. And your Cinderella, sure they will. you know, the, the slipper uh, will eventually fall off of these guys. And Can I throw a sleeper uh, double- out there for you? A team that I really yeah. think could be dangerous because they have experience. Good, and please don't look like Cowherd, who was singing, singing the the, the uh, praises of Iowa State, and they're a part of. No, no, this isn't that much of a sleeper in that they were they were pretty they were strong last year, and I think that people mm-hmm. I think they're seated too low from what I know. But again, you know, I'm not an expert, but I I kind of like mm-hmm. keep an eye on that Wichita State team. Okay. Um, but is 28 Wichita and four State? team played a pretty good schedule. Um, Northern Iowa is a team in their conference that's in this tournament too. So they played them a couple times, some good out of conference games. They they open with Indiana, and I think Indiana is their name recognition only. Um, and isn't Wichita State like uh, kind of like Gonzaga? You know, they get us all hyped up. And well, I believe last love, year they were a Sweet Sixteen it. team. Am I wrong or no? Yeah. So that that just that should just tell you they ain't doing that again. And he's going to take well. a break from that. I don't know who's. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. Ohio State and Michigan State, maybe. Some teams seated uh, a little bit lower that uh, have experience um, and and can do something in the tournament. Ohio State, a 10 seed, beats VCU yesterday. Maybe they make a little noise. And, you know, Tom Izzo always has his boys ready. Well, I like Michigan um, State a little more team. just because of Izzo. I think, you know, his teams, you know, they, they had that Big Ten championship game. They were playing very well against Wisconsin, I remember, last weekend seeing some of that, and they kind of fell apart at the end. But they're always a tough team, and in this kind of tournament, the, the coaching and the, the experience helps, and he has some guys on the roster that have been here before. So, you know, you know, tough conference. So, I mean, I could see Michigan State doing some damage, but, you know, again, I could also see them getting upset today against Georgia. So, Yeah, um, that could very well happen. Um, but, again, you got a, you got a veteran coach there. All right, we're going to take a break when we get back. Is college football too fast? Do we need to slow that down? Did Bielema and Saban have a point? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. You want to play college football, right? Well, that's not going to happen unless you have a highlight video. And if you want one of the best highlight videos in the country, then visit Under the Radar Highlight Videos right now. They will give you their best. Ten DVDs, affordable, done fast. They'll even remix your highlights or take your huddle highlights and put them on YouTube. And they've worked with some of the best. Deion Sanders Jr., top recruits in the country, Adoree Jackson and Joe Mixon, current UCLA wide receiver Shaquille Evans, Cordell Brodus, son of Snoop Dogg, as well as top 2013 USC recruit 
sewer crazy. If you want to be seen by the colleges and have the offers rolling in, then you need to contact Under the Radar Highlights right now. Visit them at youtube.com forward slash users UTR Highlight Videos. That's youtube.com forward slash users forward slash UTR Highlight Videos. Get over there, get that video made, and be seen by the colleges now. If I told you, uh, or if we went to the NCAA, if the proposal was made to the NCAA, and uh, you know most teams play 12 games um, a year now in the NCAA, basically, you know, give or take a game, um, we went to them and said, "How about we move this thing to a 16 game, 15, 16 game season?" What do you think the response would be from the NCAA? Too many, too many games. And what would be the what, what would be the problem with having that many games? Well, we'd be forcing the like, players like to play too many plays, too many plays. Well, according to Brett Bielema and the research that he's done or someone's done that he's citing, the equivalent um, in the amount of plays that are being run in, in many of these games involving the hurry-up offenses, um, teams are playing five more games per season. And um, when I sat here and really looked into that, we've got all this big thing going on now about safety and uh, the concussions, and, and we've got these rules now. And the most ridiculous rule of them all is in, uh, the, in the college football game where if you hit a guy, uh, if you target the head, uh, the person's got to leave the game. And we're under the uh, – w- this has been done to protect players in the game. Um, does Nick Saban and Brett Bielema have a point about hurry-up, no-huddle offenses? Because truth of the matter is, if you're facing more plays in a game, more opportunities for you to suffer an injury, more head-on-head collisions, if you're, especially if you're a linebacker taking on uh, a lead back or a guard all the time. Um, does, do these guys not have a point on the safety thing? Well, they do. I mean, and I also think the quality of the game. I mean, I understand that part of theirs is self-serving. I mean, they don't let their their styles. They don't like to face it. But I will say this: I think they need to consider some sort of rule whereby there's a certain you know period of time, maybe inside of two minutes or three minutes of of each half, or if a team is trailing, you know, maybe you put in a rule where if you're trailing by so much, you can hurry up. But otherwise, there has to be a period where the other team can substitute. In other words. If you're not well, down. here's what Billima is proposing, and you tell me if you like this. Um, he is proposing a 10-second rule where you'd have teams teams would be prohibited from snapping the ball until at least 10 seconds ran off the 40-second play clock. Uh, I'm okay with that because I think the defense, you know, just because you don't want to substitute on offense, I think the defense should be allowed to substitute. I don't think they should have to leave players in there. Just because, because if you think about what the rule does, if I if I build my team, and I have depth, and I have guys that you know, I and you you know, I have guys that on my bench that can help me, and you don't, well, it's to your advantage if you want to just keep running plays because I can't get my other guys in. That's and you know, 
I'm not sure that's really fair. I'm trying to think it through, but I'm, I'm, I think I should be allowed to substitute if I want to. Um, and, and the reason for that would be, give me your reasons on it. Why I should be allowed to substitute? Because it's part of the strategy yeah. of the game. I mean, if, if I think there should be, there's 40 seconds, right? So, I mean, you can obviously say there's certain periods of a game where the team should be allowed to speed it up. The end of a half, maybe three minutes inside the end of the first half and second half, because the, the half's going to end and you're going to go to locker room and the game, or the game's going to be over. So you, you should be allowed to speed it up and maybe that clock goes off. Um, maybe you say if a team is down by more than uh, 17 points, they're allowed to speed it up and, and not follow that rule because they're conserving time and it makes sense within the strategy of the game. But if you're just going fast for the sake of going fast, to not allow the other team to substitute, I, I don't think that's fair because the defense should be allowed to substitute. Why does the offense get to dictate when we can substitute? In other words, well, if they slow down, then I can put, then, then I can put a sub in. But if they don't, well, I have to keep playing with my guys. Well, I can't. I mean, yeah. There, there's... I mean, is there? And, and and now, would you think that there is a certain amount of uh, sloppiness in the game, uh, where you got a ball being snapped and guys aren't on the other side and they're in a stance, and you just get a play? Does it? Um... Uh, I, I mean, honestly, if you're talking purely from a guy who's a football traditionalist, aesthetically, I think it's a horrible game to watch. If you're asking me mm-hmm. that. I I don't enjoy watching it when it's when it's I don't mind a team that goes to the hurry up and within reason the quarterback gets to the line like a Peyton Manning he audibles snaps the ball in 20 seconds instead of uh, 40 I'm okay with that but this stuff where we're just playing fast break football we run up basically everybody knows where they're going on offense and we snap the ball in five seconds aesthetically I think it's a terrible game to watch. If you're asking me. Um, I would agree, and I'm trying to be objective here because I, obviously I've spent uh, most of you know my life, my certainly my coaching life, on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm trying not to be biased here, but you got to, you know, they have a point here. If if we're trying to take all these extreme measures with our rules within the game um, to prevent injury, you have to look into the fact that um, there are more plays, and you're playing a you know essentially a longer season. More opportunities for injury when you are strictly a hurry. And for your game. own guys as well. I mean, let let let's look at it this way. First of all, in my opinion, it's not necessarily a winning style of football. Sure, Baylor is going to go out as we talked about on the show, and they're going to beat Texas Tech sixty-three to twenty, and everybody's going to say, "Wow, Baylor's great." But basically, when they run into a team of equal or better talent. That doesn't work. What usually happens is, sure, they may score quickly, and the other team says, well, I'll get my defense some rest. And they hammer the ball with 10 straight runs, crush Baylor's defense, hold the ball for four or five minutes, score a touchdown, and off we're we're and running, we go to our 56-49 game. Yeah, I mean, is it a good idea for your left tackle to be completely exhausted um, after running play after play after play, and then you hit a third down and 10, and you got a pass he can't get in his pass set? And uh, some defensive end comes screaming around the corner through your quarterback's back. Is 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 that a good idea? So um, I'm just listen. I think, we've ta- I, I think strategically it's not a great idea either. I mean, we've talked about especially in the NFL. You can get away with it a little bit in college for for the simple reason. And I've said this for 30 years now since I'm a kid. One thing about college football is the better schools are going to win seven games just showing up. 
Okay, they're going to win seven games because they have better players most years. Okay, mm-hmm. there's going to be five games on the schedule where the talent is comparable and they've got to coach and all that good stuff. In the NFL, every game you can lose. And when you start looking at the teams, and we used the Eagles last year as our example, they played two extra games defensively based on the number of plays their defense faced because of their fast-break offense. And at the end of the year, what fell apart on the Philadelphia Eagles? Their defense. Yes. And will likely this will likely happen again. I am really anxious to see um, how, how Kerry Williams, cornerback for the Eagles last year, and particularly Bradley Fletcher, who looked like the worst cornerback in the last two decades in the NFL, plays now that they are out of Philadelphia. And for Fletcher, he's going to the New England Patriots. If he goes over there and he's one of, he, he comes, he's one of the league leader in picks this year, that's going to be a serious indictment uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles. So that will be interesting to watch. Staying on college football, though, let me remind you and refresh you and the audience last year of what our top ten ended up being. Um, in in college football, it's Ohio State. Uh, the, the final college football playoff rankings, um, Ohio State, Oregon, TCU, Alabama, Michigan State, Florida State, Baylor, Georgia Tech, Georgia, UCLA, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds now, right. Reading, yeah. reading off those names, what teams – are facing the hardest battle being a part of that top ten again in 2015. I know right off rip we got to say UCLA because Brett Brent Hundley's gone and well, going to be looking at a I say UCLA but they return they return 18 starters okay but but the ones that they did lose which aren't many you know you lose Kendrick on defense the guy's a first round NFL pick um, you lose Hundley. And, you know, I, I, I think the average college football fan who doesn't watch West Coast football at night or something doesn't realize just how many games Hunley actually won for UCLA, much the same way Winston won him for Florida State. I, I'm not talking about, oh, he played great, they won the game hey, because of him. It, was there a little Kobe in, in Hunley? Like, you sabotaged this, this game in the first place. And uh, now you're coming back as the savior in the end. I mean, like, you know. uh, I'm not so sure about that. The guy took a ton of sacks. I mean, I mean, Hunley. I mean, you, you and I talked about that. I mean, for a guy who, you, to me, it speaks volumes to how bad their line was at different points in the season. Because here's a guy that actually is mobile and fast and can run with the football, and he he was getting sacked like crazy, especially the first half of the season. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. UCLA, I think, is going to have. I think. A I think it's a challenge. As good as Rosen is, and I think he's talented, to bring a true freshman in, regardless of the number of starters you have back, is a big challenge. Especially with that Pac-12 South, I think, is really loaded this year. Yeah, um, I, I do see that, um, and we're picking on the the number ten team here. I think you know, Baylor may have a problem also. I mean, have you seen who Baylor's playing? Kiplinger. Strayer, Everest, um, who the hell are they playing, man? Uh, well, I mean, they play no one. Kill everyone. Yeah, they they play no one. I mean, the only thing that's helping Baylor is that you know, for me, I look at that conference and where it's at right now, and TCU is about all that should stand in their way. I mean, you know, Oklahoma definitely looks like they're on the decline. Um, you know, the end of last year showed me that, and their recruiting was not great. We talked about that in the recruiting show. Um, Texas is still a ways away until they figure out that quarterback position, and maybe they do in the off season. I don't know, but until that happens, they're, you know, they're not what they were. So I mean, I look at that conference and say, well, okay, 
you know, I guess Oklahoma yeah, State's got who's, who's some people coming. Yeah. yeah, Oklahoma State's got a young team last year, so they're going to be bringing a lot back. So maybe they have two games there that, they, you know, they have to get ready for. But the rest of that schedule is horrible. Well, I mean, the last one I really think I want to talk about here, I think we, I think we all think Ohio State's got a good chance. Uh, Oregon does need to replace their quarterback, but it's more about the system there, not to take anything away from Marriott. He's great. Uh, it's all about the system there, and, you know, they're, they're, if not number two, they're going to find themselves somewhere in that top ten. I'd be shocked otherwise. But Reverend Winston is no longer in Florida State, and Florida State plays in the ACC where you can't slip up at all. Um, I think Florida State has a problem finding themselves at number five or above next year, or and, and there's a possibility um, maybe not in the top ten. No, I agree with you. I mean, you know, ACC – and to to some extent the Big Twelve. If you if you lose, you're done. I yeah, mean, you, just the way it is. There's no room to slip up there. There's no. no I mean, the, you know, the eye test tell the eyes tell us what the eyes tell us, and you know, people can go on and on about the SEC and what happened last year. The eyes still tell us when we watch this draft in a, in a few weeks, it's the best conference, and the Pac-12 is a solid one A. So you can lose a game in those conferences. And you're fine. You win those conferences, you're going to be in the playoff. But the rest of them, not so much. I mean, I think Florida State's got a big challenge to come back. And let me ask you this before we hop over quick to the NFL before the show's over. What do you think? What do you make of the three quarterback thing at Ohio State? See, last year it was by necessity, so it kind of worked out. But I think that could actually be a burden this year. If none of them get hurt, you're sitting there with two guys standing behind you every game saying, I should be in the game. And I'm not so sure that's as. I'm not so sure that's a, the harmony you want when you're trying to repeat. I mean, what do you think about that? Um, you know, pe- some people say it's a good problem to have. I'm not going to know. I don't know about that if, if, like you said, all three of these dudes end up being healthy. And, then you know, will a Braxton Miller want to go play something else? Will he go want to run a, a jet sweep? Um, well, I mean, quarterback is different than any other position on the field, right? I mean, you you were a DB. You guys rotate DBs the whole game. So you could have four or five really good corners, and depending on the defense you're playing or the situation in the game, they're all getting snaps. But quarterback's not like that. You don't rotate your quarterback unless you're Tom Landry in 1970. Hard for me to believe that Urban Meyer, someone who had Chris Leak, and Tim Tebow um, do a little bit of dual duty uh, while at Florida would not in some way, shape, or form play two of those three guys in that way. Um, He just cannot have two guys who have gotten it done at a very, very high level in college football stand next to him in a ball cap and signal in place. I just don't see that happening. So he and his staff are going to figure out some way to play at least two of those guys and someone – is gonna be very very unhappy, but you know. Well, I'm surprised all made... three stayed. If you want me to be honest with you. And at the end of the day, you do. If you're Urban Meyer or you know the OC and quarterback coach say to them, "Well, you made a decision to come back. You knew the possibilities. You made a decision to come back. So, hey, um, this was the risk that you you know you you faced coming into this decision. So, how much noise really can you make? So, uh, I just for some reason have a feeling. Um, Cardell Jones may end up being the guy that uh, that gets the shaft a little bit, simply because he's got he's got some more time to work with. 
Um, and ironically, probably the best of the three of them. Yeah, uh, look, um, as a, I mean, he won him the damn ring, and he's probably the best pro prospect. So uh, that's something we will be able to talk about and debate here in, in the coming months. Uh, Ohio State is into their spring ball, so uh, we'll try and grab some nuggets there, but they're really tight-lipped up there. We're going to jump into a break. When we get back, it's NFL time, and the Cowboys, did they make a good move or not? in bringing in Greg Hardy, and are we buying Borland's reasons for retiring from the San Francisco 49ers? I may have some thoughts on that, and I'm sure Amo will as well. We'll talk about that and more when we come back for the final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Back to the final segment of the Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. Emil, um, listen, everyone knows you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, but falling outside of that, would you, could, you be, could you be upset if uh, black Americans took, um, had a point of contention with the amount of noise that's being made with the signing of Greg Hardy, why are people so much up in arms? And I'm not here to minimize um, domestic violence. It's, it's a hot-button issue. But, um, you know, we've had other guys who are not black in the NFL get picked up by teams or remain on NFL rosters. And um, I don't know, there wasn't so much of a big backlash about it. You know, in previous shows you brought up uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who's twice been accused of, some malfeasance with yes. uh, the uh, opposite sex, and he's still out there throwing his passes unencumbered by, um, you know. You know, people did make a noise, but, you know, what what, what are we going to make here out of the Greg Hardy thing? Um, he's eligible to play in the National Football League, um, which means he either went through what he needed to go through to get himself back on the field, or there just wasn't enough there to sh- – can him forever from the league. He's an eligible player to play in the National Football League. 
So what's wrong with the Dallas Cowboys signing Greg Hardy? Why why does the mayor of uh, uh, out there in Dallas need to be uh, making statements like this is a shot in the gut? Well, Shut up already. I've got a couple points. First of all, and I don't want to be confused as someone who supports you know abusing anyone, women, men, any kids, nothing. I mean, I don't support it. But let's so let's take that and throw that out cuz neither of us supports that. But Greg Hardy, I'm not going to tell you he's a great guy now because he plays for the Cowboys. Don't know the guy. He might be the biggest jerk in the world. Here's the deal. He's eligible to play in the NFL. He's going to play for someone. To quote Jason Garrett's father, Jim, the Dallas scout, 20 years ago when the Cowboys passed on Randy Moss, he stood up in the draft room and said, damn it, men, this isn't the Boy Scouts. This is the National Football League. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, didn't Conrad Dobler play in this thing? Um, and that's know. my point, and to address your issue, I think there is a tinge of uh, you know, the the angry black man we, uh, syndrome that we talked about. It seems to me mm-hmm. that when we have a guy like this, it gets made a little bit bigger deal than, as you pointed out, uh, Ben Roethlisberger or, you know, whatever white guy does it. That's just my take as well. I mean, it just seems that way to me. Maybe I'm wrong. People are going to say, well, you know, I mean, but, listen, Richie, it, Richie Incognito was not, you know, obviously not accused of um, any spousal abuse, but nonetheless had a ton of issues. I mean, he goes from team to team, and no one's burning down a bridge, or you know, forcing themselves to make quotes. I mean, this guy. No, gets I mean, it. it's it just seems that way to me. I mean, it, you know, I've heard people throw out the argument. Well, it seems like there's more black guys in this predicament well yeah the league's probably 70 percent black i mean sure <laughs> the numbers just say that this is what's going to happen yeah. so um yeah, you know, I mean, like calm down let the guy go play for the cowboys and let's see where it goes and let's face it it is not the boy scouts and you know at the very core of things uh, the guy shows up on sunday in a big way He's going to get signed, all right? Hey, let me throw um, a point I out guess. to you. and let me, let, You played at a pretty high level, so follow me here and see if you disagree. I've always said this, and I believe that you can have a ton of football character um, as far as you could be a great teammate. You can bring it every Saturday or Sunday. You can be a high-character guy on a football field and within the context of a football team, but mm-hmm. not necessarily be a high-character or likable human being because I think they're two separate things. I think this it's, it spans into into anything that um, we pay a whole lot of attention to in, in you know in in this country. Um, you've got actors that are really really great actors, um, and they're not the greatest people in real life. Sometimes the and they're great to work with. That's what I mean. Like you, you'd have right. another actor saying, "Man, I really love working with so and so because they bring it every day. They may be what I right. would call a high character professional in that they they go about their business, and when they're acting, as your point saying in this example, they're, they're about great. Their work, but they yeah, they could be work, the most deplorable human being in the April, world." Yeah, and any given day in April, they're smashing a bear mug over someone's head. And sometimes the very thing that makes you, um, you know, elite in your chosen profession is the very same thing that makes you um, unmanageable in your personal life. So, um, you know, I believe in balance in life. And sometimes lacking a lot in one area means you really make up for it in another. So it's really not about that. The guy's been asked to do a certain job and 
falling short of uh, you know becoming a felon or whatever else it is the the tree huggers and the Bravo Channel and wine and cheeses want to make noise about. Guy shows up on Sunday. He's going to get signed by a football team. Let's let's just be honest. You know, I'll use this as an example. If Chad Ochocinco uh, would have headbutt his wife six years into his career, he's still playing. And if the Bengals decided to cut him, which they wouldn't have, um, someone else would have signed him immediately. The fact that he was done with football had more to do with the fact that he couldn't show up the way that he used to on Sundays so it made it easy for them to get rid of the guy. And that's just the real that the happens in every walk of life. Is. You know, a computer programmer, uh, biggest jerk in the world, disrespectful to the boss, insubordinate. He's, 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 he's the best in his business, or one of the best. Mm-hmm. He's working for Apple. Mm-hmm. Same computer mm-hmm. programmer doing the same things that isn't very good. He's unemployed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and he's probably checking you out today at the Kmart. He's, uh, yeah, and there's the famous stories of, uh, Michael Urban and, uh, you know, a, a free agent reserve walking late into a meeting. The reserve got cut, and Michael Urban was told by Jimmy Johnson, don't come late to any more meetings. It's life, man. That's kind of how the way That's how. Works. Let's talk about the football aspect of this before you jump over to the retirements and we have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. like the way they structured the deal personally. It protects both sides. If Hardy has a big year and is able to play a lot, I mean, he's going to make a ton of money. If he gets in more trouble, is and there can't any play. doubt that that's going to happen? That, I mean, that's going to happen. Well, but if he can't play, or for some reason he gets suspended longer than we think, or he gets in trouble again, Cowboys aren't paying him much. And I've heard people say, "Yeah, but you know, the Cowboys don't have a team option, and they can't franchise him." That was put into the deal. He wants to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's a smart move because if he has a huge year, he's going to be 27 when the season starts. The Cowboys will have the first chance to sign him to that big contract if it works out right he has a huge because they're going to be able to establish a relationship he's going to get comfortable and he's going to give them at least a chance to hey make me an offer and if you i'm telling you one thing maybe you disagree but if i'm overspending in professional football before i'm overspending on cornerbacks or running backs or positions like that the only two that i'll overspend on is quarterback and pass rusher because they're very hard to find. If you can find an elite quarterback and an elite I may pass slide rusher, a left tackle in there, too. Since Yeah, you know, maybe a left tackle I'll overspend on. I agree. If you can keep my quarterback upright, that ties together, right. sure. But there's very few positions. I mean, the Cowboys had limited dollars this year with the cap. They let a Murray walk, but they get this guy. To me, it's a no-brainer because guess what? The one is e- more easily replaced. You can't just find guys that could sack the quarterback 10 and 15 times. You just can't. Yeah, um, I, 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 you know, I would jump on board with you on that. I would definitely agree with that. So, um, money well spent, and the way that they structured it, so um, it's, <laughs> it might be clear, like you've said before, who's, who's running the Cowboys there, and it looks like, uh, looks like um, Jerry's kind of handed over a little bit of control there, and it's, it's helping them, it seems, in some of these roster moves. But let's slide over to the retirement. Um, the third 49er um, this offseason is retiring, Chris Borland, um, entering in his second year, I believe, um, as a middle linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers, is, um, yeah, is calling it quits, citing, Emil, um concerns about concussions. And this is a discussion we had in the opening segment of the show. But I will say this. 
According to him, he's only suffered two concussions. In, he's only been diagnosed with two concussions in his playing career. Mm-hmm. Um, once in eighth grade while playing soccer, and mm-hmm. once in tenth grade playing the game of football. So, are we are, is, are, are we buying this 100% as the reason why, or do we need to really investigate as to why three 49ers are retired? Did Jim Harbaugh wear these guys down, and they no longer have that love and thirst for football? Um, perhaps combined with having well, you know, what they I think, I think enough money he, in the bank? I think you may be, and believe me, no, nobody would love to put this on Jim Harbaugh more than me because I'm not a huge fan. But that said, mm-hmm. that said mm-hmm. I think you may be tying it together because they happen to play for the same team. But if you look, three different sets of circumstances. We got Justin Smith, you know, a really stout defensive, you know, defensive uh, end in the 3-4 for mm-hmm. years, strong guy, mm-hmm. mid-30s, long career, distinguished career he probably just said okay i've had enough you know my body's starting to break down i'm not feeling it patrick mm-hmm. willis another guy who didn't have quite as long a career but had just turned 30 suffered some injuries the last couple of years had already played at, at, at an elite level made all pro teams the only thing left was that ring that he missed out by a little bit on you know a few years ago mm-hmm. in that super bowl baltimore and maybe he just felt like you know what i've made my money i like where my i'm at with my body it's not totally wrecked I'm out of here. Now, I think this young guy is, is kind of a an outlier. I don't know what to make of him. Maybe a situation where we have a little bit of analysis, paralysis. I don't like to jill And If you don't want to play football, football is one of those sports. You shouldn't well, play, shouldn't, no doubt about that. No, any That's sport, really. You, when up, you get to yeah. that level, if your heart's not in it, you're not going to be successful. It doesn't matter if you're no, playing no. baseball, I mean, basketball. At, at, at any level, man. I, at, I'm telling you from someone who's coached this thing, if if Junior is kicking and screaming and crying to get out of the car for practice to play this game, he probably shouldn't play it. You should you know should take right. his ass back home and wait till he's ready to play or or you know um, put him in accounting classes in the summer. That may be his gift, you know. So maybe he's got maybe he could be the salary cap guru in the family, but <laughs> perhaps <laughs> you know right, and right. draft TJ. Uh, who's your mama? Or, or something right. like that. But, I don't know but, Borland's uh, background. It sounds like he came from a decent middle to upper middle class background. And see, some of that some of that has to do with, you know, we, we've talked about this. This is reality. When you have other options in life, sometimes your passion isn't as great. You know, people always say, you know, we were we were kidding before about Wisconsin basketball. Why is the NBA, you know, mostly black? I mean, let's mm-hmm. be honest. You know, it's mm-hmm. not because a, a white guy could never play basketball. Basketball. Mm-hmm. Is an inner city game, right? You don't need yep. much grass. You need some cement and right. a hoop. For a lot right. of kids, it's a way out of the city, so they use it as a vehicle exactly. to get to get the hell out. A kid that's growing up in suburbia, middle upper middle class, he doesn't have to play basketball every day. Fine, I've got a trust fund if this whole thing doesn't work. Right, out. and that's kind like of maybe Borland. that's the situation here. This kid said, "Hey, you I, know what? I, I got to." I, I tend to feel that same thing too. For someone like a Borland, and we're you listen, we're making generalizations here. We don't actually know his situation but we're we're just using our uh over 80 years of experience combined here to come to this conclusion that he's probably grew up in an environment where there was some financial literacy and being able to walk out of a situation at 24 years old where you've got in excess of six hundred thousand dollars um that came to you um that's a good start where most college graduates 
are um, looking at somewhere to you know north of a hundred thousand in, in in loans they need to pay back. This guy's going to start his life off with six hundred thousand dollars in the bank, more than likely, or at his disposal. Um, that's a good start, Emil. Well. You know, you were in an NFL camp. I never was. I'll relay a story to you before we get off the air. You tell me how far off it is. The guy's in my age bracket, somewhere around, you know, early to mid-40s. Um, played Division One football at uh, Penn State. An alumni guy around here told me a story. He went to camp years ago. Uh, it might have been with the Ravens or somebody. Stayed a couple weeks and quit. He's coaching high school football. He told this guy, he said, these guys were animals. I mean, this guy was a big-time football player. I mean, he wasn't an All-American, but he was a big dude. He was saying the guys in the National Football League were animals? Yeah, he said, these guys are animals. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, well, and and so be it. I've got a little money in the bank. um, And if it's a couple hundred thousand dollars, I I have the security of that as I now go into the workforce, which means not only do I have that money in the bank, but because I have that money in the bank, I could be a little more picky, choosy, careful about my career path I don't have to go, even though uh, I have a financial degree, I, I don't have to go jump into a job as a manager at the local supermarket, and then suddenly that becomes my career. I can say no um, and turn down job opportunities until I get exactly what it is I want because I've got, I've got money in the bank. So right, or you go back to wherever you played college football, the University of Wisconsin, and all of a sudden end up on radio or TV because you speak well and you played in the NFL. I mean, come on. Yeah, I can go Kirk Herbstreet this thing. You know, I can right. I can take a little time to find my career path, which, by the way, according to what I've heard, is Borland is going to go back to school where he already has his degree from Wisconsin and get into, get this, sports management. So I don't know how you feel about that. That says to me I want to be an agent. Um, I just quit a game because I'm worried about people getting head injuries, namely myself. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with me going back and managing a few guys that want to. Nothing go wrong with three to five percent of eighty million dollars. Yeah, nothing wrong with me going out and managing guys who, um, you know, may lose their mind while I'm their agent uh, down in the future. So I don't know how you feel about that. But nevertheless. Um, Something for us to watch. We'll see how many more 24-year-olds want to retire from the game of football. Um, my uh, my thoughts are it's, they're not going to be very many guys from uh, the inner cities of Los Angeles, Detroit, Miami, and uh, New York City or anywhere else like that. I think they're going to hang in there for the long haul. Would well, generally speaking, I think most of the guys are going to hang in there for the long haul. Again, I think he's an outlier. I really do. I just think it's one of those cases he marches to the beat of a different drummer and so be it. Yeah, your media is not going to. They're going to. They already did, and they're going to take that thing and run with it, and probably scare more, uh, more suburban moms out there to, that you really do need to get your son into lacrosse. Where um, I've I've watched some lacrosse lately. I have no choice because it's taken over the nation. Them kids are getting knocked sideways in that thing too. But that's. Or or you get for, your son uh, in a Yahtzee league. league. Uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> until someone starts punching someone in the face over there for losing. <laughs> for losing. <laughs> All right, man. The weekend is upon us. Enjoy the uh, college football, the college basketball. See, I'm already in football mode. Enjoy the NCAA tournament today. Hopefully, we don't have any 45 to 48 games, or it's going to piss Amo off. We need to see 90s, baby. We need to see 90s. 90s. Follow the, yeah. Follow the tournament. Have fun this weekend. We're back at you next week. And uh, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Gridiron Set Show. If you really love us, which we know that you do, tell a friend. Bring a friend with you next time. The more the merrier. For Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show.
high school recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit squidironstuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Squidironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.